Welcome back to the Fun Size Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten, and we're going to bust a huge nutrition myth right out the gate today because I just cannot stand when I see this simplified phrase just thrown around on Instagram. And we're talking about calories in versus calories out. Nutrition, weight loss, whatever goal you're trying to achieve body composition wise is so much more than just simply calories in versus calories out. If it were as simple as that, nobody would struggle to lose weight. Nobody would struggle to change their body composition. Like, can we just be real? So if you've heard this phrase thrown around before, but never really like truly knew what it meant, um, basically it just infers that weight loss or weight gain is solely determined by the balance between the calories you consume and the calories you burn. However, this oversimplification does not capture the full complexity of the human body. And I know you know this, like our body is not an ATM. We don't just make a deposit and a withdrawal and everything's fine. It just doesn't work like that. And we also just can't keep losing weight until nothingness. Like you can't just keep restricting calories and burning more and then just be nothing. It doesn't work like that. And I'm not saying that there's zero truth to this phrase. Like it's great in theory. It makes sense. But it's not just as simple as that. It's not the only thing that we need to worry about. Basically, I feel like this phrase is just super outdated. And thanks to more recent studies, we now know there's a whole slew of factors that go into weight loss or a body recomp or whatever it is. For example, when you reduce calories, your metabolism will actually slow down to conserve energy. And this makes it more challenging to continue to lose weight over time, despite eating less calories than you burn. We now know that bodies actually adapt to changes in calorie intake and physical activity levels. We also know that hormonal fluctuations can influence how bodies store and burn calories, especially for uterus owners, and we're going to get into that today. Um, And we know that factors like stress, sleep, even our gut microbiome can influence our hormones and in turn affect how our bodies process calories. And we know that the quality and the macro breakdown of the calories that you consume matter as well. We can't just consume our body's requirement of calories in ice cream for days. Your body's just not going to look right. So. If you're thinking things like, why isn't this calorie deficit working for me? And nothing works for me. What's wrong with my body? Or I'm working out so hard, but it doesn't show. First of all, you're not alone. And secondly, that's proof that it's so much more than just calories in versus calories out. And it might be time to take a step back, look at the big picture, aka the quality of food, overall nutrition, sleep, stress, hormones, (laughs) you know, all of that stuff. It seems so little, but it really, it's like all the puzzle pieces of the big 
picture. And if you're missing a few and some of them are broken, that big picture is not going to look so good, you know? So instead of focusing on one small, oversimplified piece of that puzzle, such as calories in versus calories out, we got to look at everything as a whole because the body is so complex. And I also have to say that we, and when I say we, I mean like the researchers, so not necessarily me, but people, researchers, don't know everything yet. There's still so much that we don't know. And there's a lot of theories out there. I guess what I'm about to share with you is a theory in a, in a sense, but there's also evidence to back it up. So we don't know for sure, but we're pretty damn sure. So anyway, what I want to do today is give hormones the attention and the spotlight they deserve. I know a lot of you know my hormonal history and I've talked about it a lot and and that's because it's something that's so important to me. Like once I learned these things, I was like, whoa, like light bulb moment. This makes so much sense and I understand why XYZ happened to me and it helps me move forward to be like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. But anyway, hormones have a significant impact on everyone's health and fitness journey. And that's because our hormones can affect our energy levels, our strength and endurance, our metabolism and appetite, our risk for injury, our moods, our motivation. And I know that you know how all of these things are pretty damn important on a fitness journey, on a body transformation journey, on whatever it is that your goal is. Anything related to the body, all of those things matter and have an impact on your results and you sticking with it and like everything right and this goes for both guys and girls because we all have hormones but the kicker is female hormones fluctuate which makes all of this so much more complicated right and this might actually be one of the reasons why our male partners can drop weight like that so freaking easily they just had like they just decide to do it and then like one week later they're down 10 pounds and you're like how the fuck meanwhile we have to put in so much extra effort and it takes like months to drop 10 pounds and that's because our bodies as females function in a cyclical manner Being able to just wake up and expect that today is going to be exactly the same as yesterday and you're just going to do the thing is just not a thing for us, unfortunately. And it's easy to feel bummed about this and feel victimized by this and feel like, oh my god, this is hopeless. But we also have the power to change that narrative because if we can accept the natural ebb and flow to the elements in our lives, to our cycles, and not only learn to be in sync with our cycle, but learn what's happening in our bodies, we can use this to our advantage. Like we can actually wave goodbye to some of the guilt, the shame, the anxiety that we have along this journey 
if we can be more in tune with what's happening in our bodies. Let me give you an example. So when you notice that your energy and your motivation is low as fuck just before your period starts, rather than beating yourself up for not having the motivation to work out like you did two weeks ago when you were ovulating and feeling like a freaking goddess, you can prioritize and schedule rest days and deload weeks or restorative exercises, whatever you feel works best for your body. And I know you're probably thinking like, okay, but resting isn't going to get me any bit closer to my goals. And I feel where you're coming from, but also understand that allowing yourself to have acceptance and giving yourself compassion as you move through various phases of your cycle will actually help you move forward and make progress faster because you're not sitting there and dwelling on all of the intense workouts you might have missed. Does that sound familiar? Like you might, you're not going to be sitting there being like, oh, I messed up, I messed up, I messed up and feeling so down on yourself. Instead, you're going to be like, I did what I had to do during that phase of my cycle and now we're moving on and now I'm so excited for ovulation to come because that's when I have all my energy and I can put all my energy towards the gym and just crush it. And then when my luteal phase comes again, I'm going to take it easy because my body actually needs the rest. And you see how like actually using that cycle, that ebb and flow to your advantage will actually work, especially for your mindset, which is usually the biggest thing that holds us back from achieving a goal. So this is actually one of my favorite tips for getting started with cycle syncing, or it's also called phase specific living. Um, But it's simply just dialing up or down the workout intensity during different parts of your cycle. Like ovulation is prime time for higher intensity because you have this energy and you're feeling good. Whereas the end of the luteal phase and the beginning of your menstrual phase, you tend to have less energy. Although everyone is a little different, you might realize that you don't have that big of a swing and that maybe you have more weeks where you have or where you can do higher intensity, or maybe you have less time where you can do higher intensity. Everyone's a little bit different, so you're going to have to experiment with some things that work for you, and you're also going to have to closely monitor your energy level. And sometimes that can take more than one month. Like some months I don't notice so much of a difference in my energy levels, and some months I notice a huge difference. So not only will you have to be aware of what your typical cycles look like, but also be able to live in the moment and listen to your body and do what it needs on that specific day and see where it goes, really. But yeah, so kind of try different things. You could also try different modalities of exercises during each phase. Like there's some research that concludes that like doing um, Pilates and yoga is better during luteal phase. I don't know. I, I don't know exactly which which modalities, but you can experiment that way too. Um, for me personally, right now, my cycle syncing consists of what I just said, but more specifically, taking a deload week, the week leading up to my period. Um, so I'm noticing that I have a longer luteal phase. So it's like about halfway through the luteal phase that I notice like the mood shifts. So 
I tend to start my deload workouts about there. And then like by day two or three of my period, I'm like, I'm back, baby. Like, let's do this. So it's, um, it's about a week of like intentionally lifting lighter, skipping a workout here and there, and generally just like easing things back and not pushing the weights. Um, I'm also scheduling my socialization activities near ovulation when I know that I'm generally in the best mood and better able to express myself and have meaningful conversations because I find that when I'm because I find that when I'm towards the end of my luteal phase I'm like not wanting to have any sort of social socialization because I just can't function um but that also goes along with me setting work related boundaries during my luteal and menstrual phase because with PMDD I can get really down on myself and I don't want that negative energy to spill over into my clients programming or my content or anything like that like I'm still there for my clients I'm still going to be posting but I'm probably not going to be like in my feelings <laughs> so much um and lately I've just been like gauging how I feel before I start work and if I do feel like I'm kind of in that funk in that like I don't even know how to explain it but I usually like say that to my boyfriend I'm just like I'm just feeling meh when I know I'm feeling meh I know that I need to change course and maybe do some admin work in my business or like something creative where it's like maybe I'm doing like canvas stuff but I'm not necessarily writing um, and putting again feelings into things but maybe just like making graphics and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so I've just been kind of gauging how I feel before I start work and not judging myself for it. Um, so those are like the three major things. And then I realized this morning that I also do a little bit of cycle syncing with my supplementation. Um, there's one supplement that I take only from the start of my period to a couple days after ovulation and then I stop it after that. So I've been doing that for probably over a year now. Um, and then also I tend to like not wear makeup in my luteal phase because I that's when I tend to break out more. So um, I usually kind of like scale it back around that time too. So just little things like that. They aren't huge, huge shifts in my life, but they're big enough to really make a difference. And also just a quick word on eating specific foods at different times of your cycle, because this is usually a big one that I see when you like Google any sort of like, how do I cycle sync or phase specific living, like all that stuff. Usually a list of food pops up. Um, and I have actually tried this in the past at two different points in my life. The first one was during HA recovery. And I was like, hey, now that things are working, I should probably support it. And then the second was July of this year when I was diagnosed with PMDD and I wanted to do as much as I could to support it. But both times that I tried this, it kind of triggered me a little bit. And I know that the whole idea is to add these specific foods to your current intake and not necessarily replace or only eat from this list. But to me, it just kind of felt like I was trying to follow a diet and I did not like how that felt. Like it just 
brought back a whole lot of memories from doing like the South Beach diet and like can't remember it was like the abs diet or something like that I don't know it was like a an orange little book but this I'm not I'm going way back I'm going like maybe 12 years back but that's just kind of like what it felt like for me and I was like oh ooh, I don't know if I like this like this doesn't this doesn't really feel good like I'll give you an example there was one time that I wanted something I can't remember what it was but I wanted something in one of my phases I was like "Ooh, this sounds really good today and I was like let me just check to see like if that's if I, if my intuition is good, like if it's on that right phase in the list of foods, I was like, Hmm, I wonder. And I looked and it was like, not for another two phases. And I'm like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have it. And then I was trying to think of like, what else I should have instead of that. And then I was like, wait, what the hell am I doing? I want this thing right now. I am craving this thing right now. And it's not unhealthy in any way. I should just have the thing. So yeah, in my opinion, the phase-specific food thing can be a little triggering and it wasn't really working for me, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dabble with that. Maybe I will in the future. I don't know. I don't think so. But yeah, just just that. But anyway, the more that I learn and witness this crazy power of hormones in my own life, in my own cycle, the more I want to provide that level of support to my clients inside my one-on-one program. I mean, after all, 100% of my clients are female, and that's been the case since 2018, I want to say. Like, I mean, most of my clients do have cycling hormones, and if they don't when they start, they do by the time they finish. And it would just be such a disservice of me to ignore the fact that hormones play such a huge role into someone's health and fitness journey. Like, hormones are really, like, the ones that determine whether you're healthy or not. How someone looks on the outside does not determine how healthy they are. And to me, one of my core values is health. Like, health comes first always, whether it's mental health or physical health. Like, that is the number one thing. Because what the hell is the point of having a visible six-pack if you feel like shit all the time, if you have no libido, and if you're just like unable to enjoy life because you feel like you can't go out with your friends because there's going to be food involved and all this shit. And I have been there and it is fucking depressing. It was miserable. So when you truly embrace taking care of your body and your mind and your hormones, you'll find that the aesthetic benefits naturally just show up to the party too. Whereas if you only focused on the aesthetics and how you look, usually your mind, your body, and your hormones, they aren't doing so hot. And we don't want that. So that's one of my core values. Another one is that individualization is key. Like all of my clients are so unique from their schedules to their metabolism, to their food preferences, to their food intolerances, to their hormones and how their body reacts to those hormones. 
it's all so different. And that is why each one of my clients gets a strategy that's 100% tailored to them. For example, my client, Anna, she suffers from PCOS. So I provide her with PCOS-friendly workouts, which are much slower, much less intensity workouts than the average program that you'll find out there. Like her workouts are even a little a step back from the workout subscription that I have, right? Like I don't think that if I'm being honest, I don't think that the workouts inside my workout subscription are that friendly towards women with PCOS. Now, if you're someone who's in my workout subscription and you have PCOS and you're wondering, can you modify them? Yes, absolutely. You can reduce the amount of supersets. You can increase their rest times, or you can also get a customized programming from me for a little bit of an upgraded price. And that's exactly what I do for my client, Anna. She gets customized workouts. She has her own home gym with her own equipment. So I tailor everything towards what she has so she can utilize it all. And she's not going super hard in her gym. The intensity is low. We don't use as many supersets. Uh, she has longer rest periods. And this is to reduce the amount of stress that she puts on her body because, I mean, it. she knows this. <laughs> I'm not spilling any secrets or talking poorly, but she's a, a hustle mode kind of girl. Like she's like, I'm going to do all of the things and get it done. And sometimes our bodies don't quite like that. And so for her, we just really scale it back on the intensity and also have her doing a gluten elimination diet. Like she has these specific needs. Now, would I give that those same things to someone without PCOS? Maybe, but probably not. I'll give you another example. So my client, uh, Fida, she also has PMDD. It's one of the reasons why she hired me because she was like, I just feel like someone finally sees me, they understand. And so with her, like we closely monitor her feelings, especially in the luteal phase. And we might even take an intuitive eating approach during those mood swing flare-ups whenever they come, if they come, so that she avoids being triggered by counting macros. So we adjust her programming and her strategy based on like what's going on in her cycle. Um, And my client, Becky, she was experiencing amenorrhea when she first started working with me. And over the course of several months, we slowly increased her calories. She was, she started with me, like she had been keto for a couple years. She was eating under 30 grams of carbs and we slowly jumped her carbs up like one to five grams every week. And it was so painfully slow, but at the same time, she dropped 18 pounds in, I think it was 17 weeks. And she got her cycle back because her body needed that. And it just goes to show not everyone needs to cut more calories or be in a deficit. Like this particular client needed to increase her calories. And guess what? She lost weight and she got her cycle back. And now she has a beautiful baby girl and I can't be more happy for her. And it's just, everyone is so unique and I can't stress that enough. And I recognize that a client's response to nutrition and exercise can fluctuate throughout their menstrual cycle. And I know that these fluctuations can not just impact how you feel and perform, but also how you think. 
And I know you know this because you get down on yourself at certain times of the month. And if you have been monitoring your cycle, you know the patterns. But if you haven't, like a lot of us, maybe you haven't seen the patterns yet. And maybe you're just so hard on yourself without fully understanding why. And my approach when it comes to nutrition and fitness is to take all of this into account to ensure that my program and the strategy that I come up with for you is as effective as can be for each individual. And that coincides with long-term sustainability because a cycle syncing approach can lead to more sustainable nutrition and fitness habits because you're fostering a sense of awareness and a better understanding of your body. And I say this all the time, but we are more likely to stick with a plan or a strategy that we enjoy, but also one that respects our natural rhythms so that we feel less restricted and we feel more in control. So whether we're super aware of our cycles in the moment or not, there are so many ways that our hormones can affect our daily lives. And I understand that that doesn't stop when you sign up for coaching. Like you don't get to hit pause on your period while you get in the best shape of your life. I wish we could do that. Wouldn't that be so amazing? Oh my God. But yeah, like we're still going to have all the cravings, the fatigue, the mood swings. And all of those things could play a role in your nutrition and fitness journey. And so that's why I take that in consideration when I work with my clients one-on-one. And again, when you work in harmony with your cycle rather than working against your body, you're going to produce quicker and better results anyway. So yeah, hormones deserve a lot more credit in your fitness journey. And I feel like they are often so overlooked, like especially on social media and in any like how to lose weight (laughs) quickly kind of things. And it's just, it's frustrating for me because I've witnessed it firsthand. I've had so many hormonal things happen to me and I'm so thankful that I could make sense of it all. But I really feel like it's just not talked about enough. And I understand why, because it's complicated. You can't package it up into this pretty little phrase and be like, hey, you're good. Just take this little piece of advice. Like there's a lot to it. So I get that it's complicated and it can be overwhelming. And so maybe people don't bring it up because they don't want to open up a can of worms. I don't know, but we need to face the reality in that hormones do play such a huge role in our healthy lifestyle. And if you're interested in learning more about how we can work together and get you living in hormone harmony and like actually achieving those goals because everything's fitting together, all those puzzle pieces are fitting together so nicely, um, then check out my one-on-one program. I'll link it in the show notes for you. And if you have any questions, you know where to find me. As always, thanks for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.